Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Hello, Kevin. Just kidding. He's not here, and are you wondering why? Yeah, I'm wondering why. We should tell. People are concerned about Kevin's whereabouts. We should talk about it. Um, Kevin went to law school. Uh, Currently, he's working for Metrolinx. Wow. Yeah, in a law-type position. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's, uh, he's doing the law thing, but he's going to bring back, uh, he's going to be like a capologist when he's, when he's said and done Absolutely, with, uh, yep. with law school. Um, Osgood Hall, I'm pretty sure that's a top law school in Canada. Yep. Um, you know, and uh, cheers to lawyers, right? Yeah, always cheers <laughs> to lawyers. They're great, yeah. Um, Kevin, we love you. We uh, miss you, but, uh, you know, I talk to you on a regular basis. So, yeah, uh, and he'll be back on at times. Sure, but sure, yeah. For those who are concerned... No need to be. Yeah. If you need a will done, let him know. Sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But he's healthy. He's in good he's shape. He's healthy, yeah. Um, Very healthy. I think, like, I don't know what his diet is, but it's, it's probably in good shape, too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, how are you All doing? Right. I'm doing really well. Yeah? You ready yeah. to get this going, or what? Yeah. Oof, lots to talk about. <sighs> lots to talk about. We got a, we got a finals coming up. Yeah. Um, we're almost there. I'd say we got one more. So uh, the season finale will be next step. That's right. Okay. Um, okay, let's bring on our first guest. She's done the podcast a couple times before. Uh-huh. She's a hilarious writer, cool person, big time Raptors fan. Give it up for Katie Heindel. Hi. Hey. I feel like this one was three months in the making. It was three months in the making. You know, you work, you're busy. I usually ask people one day before to do the podcast. So uh, that's on me. There's a lot riding on this. There's a lot riding on this. <laughs> yeah. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Are you handling the heat well? I like it. Good. Living for the heat. <laughs> Living for the heat. Not in shorts today, but yeah. I feel like for people listening. Yes, I'm, I am. I'm really digging it. I, I uh, planted my hot peppers before May 2-4, which scared me. It's bold. You know, I was afraid. Could but get a frost. Uh, it's been hot. It's been muggy. <laughs> the plants are loving it. Pretty sure. Oh, yeah. How's your pepper patch? Oh, so good. <laughs> So good. Squirrels are trying to tear it up, but, you know, in a week or two, the peppers will be strong enough and the squirrels will be scared. So I'm waiting for that tide to turn. Uh, All right. uh, First time on the pod. Uh, He's an awesome dude. Wicked stand-up. Amazing writer. Uh, Yeah. Hilarious. Amazing guy. Give it up for Niles again. How do you like your music? Is this okay? As per my writer. What's going on, everybody? (laughs) 
So is that, that would you listen to that song if you're walking through a mall? I listen to that song in my head all the time. Good. <laughs> it's sinister that you just nailed it. Yeah. I feel like that's like a nice song if you're like a badass, but like walking through a sewer. Yeah. You know what I mean? As you're like badasses do. Yeah, you're like, you're about to confront Spider-Man just or something. Like, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I think about that, that sort of thing a lot. Uh, okay, last uh, last guest on the podcast, but not the least. First time on the podcast. Um, you can check him out on, uh, sorry, is it Raps Fan? Uh, Raptors Fan TV. Raptors Fan TV. I play basketball with him. Uh, you know, he can play big, but he's also really quick, and he's got a fast-ass jump shot. Give it up for Ben Davies. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> Matt usually chooses at least one song, which seems like it should be someone tripping out on a beach. <laughs> so you're that guy. It's, per- it's perfect for me. You know, that's that's the way I roll. <laughs> yeah, is that you at like? Uh, if you went to Toronto Island, would you be listening to that on the ferry? That's I would. What they play on the ferry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the ferry should have more music. I, I would be on the beach on LSD, just blaring that you know, yeah. to myself alone. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd listen to that. Like if I'm checking out some of the. The food at Center Island. Know what I mean? <laughs> that's biking music. What it's you know, known that's for. real biking. The food. The food. I've come for the food. Yeah, people, you <laughs> the come, pizza, pizza. You come, yeah, you come to the island for the pizza, pizza. They do it differently there. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a totally <laughs> different experience. Oh yeah, wild. You know, it's like a lobster sandwich uh, from McDonald's in Newfoundland. Is that a thing? Probably. It sure. Was? Let's come on. Yeah. It is. Oh, I um, I'll testify. Okay, we got so much basketball to talk about. Uh, I always meander on and I uh, have super unclear questions, so we might as well uh, <laughs> get muddy. Uh, Katie, let's start with you. Um, so uh, I made up a little game, uh, kind of like a Russian roulette type game. Uh, it's based on what I think the future uh, holds for the Raptors. So by my count, we have six uh, really interesting, talented players on rookie contracts. Generally, the way the NBA works is uh, those guys are going to need to get paid um, at different years. But um, besides probably thinking about who he needs to choose, who's going to be part of our core going forward. Obviously, things can change if we uh, trade any of our big contracts, but we haven't yet. Uh, I really do have meandering questions, by the way. Um, So out of Siakam, Van Vliet, uh, Pirtle, OG, who am I missing? DeLon, um, right. DeLon. And I guess it's five. You know, you can throw Norm in there maybe if you think you can trade Norm. But, you know, he's already getting paid $10 million a year. So let's just stick with those five guys. Out of those five guys, you can only keep two going forward. Who are they and why? This is so mean. I know. <laughs> um, I think my number one choice is obviously Fred. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. You're I'm, a Fred specialist. Yeah. We, we should qualify that. <laughs> I'm a Fred specialist. That's what I went to school for. Yeah. Um, I think Fred should stay. Uh, I think it's really obvious why. I was feeling a bit nervous that he wouldn't stay, um, but I've heard from reliable sources. Well, oh. not, not really. Ooh. Mostly just uh, writers wow. more closely affiliated to the team than I am. That they feel, that's, that's pretty they feel cool, like source-wise. It's not like he's for sure going to stay, yeah. but they have the sense that he's not going anywhere. And it's not like a blue jay in your backyard like tweeted and you're like, oh, I think that means Fred's going to stay. No. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> I, and I think like in terms of a fit for the team, like he makes the most sense. He's yep. shown what he could do this year. I think he's only going to get better. Yep. Um, the rest are a bit trickier. Um, but I think so. OG, who come? Who comes in second? OG? OG. Yeah. Yeah. Only because I really like Siakam and Pirtle, but I like I really question how they'll work individually because they're such a team. 
And Delon, I like. I, I mean, I want to keep them all. That's why this is like a particularly yeah. cruel question. I want to keep them all too because uh-huh. I, I especially love all those guys. But um, if you have Fred, then like, do you need Delon? I don't know. But yeah, no, it's a good question. Fred and OG for me. Cool. All right, those are acceptable answers. <laughs> uh, Niall, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, uh, first before I answer, I'm gonna say I know the least of everyone here. Fair. This, uh, this will probably be unimpressive. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm the J.R. Smith of this podcast. Hey, J.R. Smith. People will be like, why is he still there? Um, J.R. Smith's done some wonderful you're, you're things. You're streaky, though. You know, yeah. every now and again, might, you might hit a three for the win. Sense for sure. For like a solid 15 minutes. You might be like McKinney, and here's why. <laughs> yeah. hey, you got to go with your gut. Oh, right. God. Uh, I'd say uh, Siakam and OG. I think I would. I'm, I'm, my apologies. I think I would just sell Fensive. high on, on Fred right now. Okay. Siakam and OG. Um Spoiler alert, those are also my choices. But uh, Ben, what, what are you thinking? What does that say about you? So I right? think um, I think Fred Van Fleet is a hard one. Um, you know, you've got DeLon Wright. You've got Lowry for a couple more years. Uh, he's a free agent this year. I don't know if you can afford him because of Norm Powell. Um, he might be the odd man out that you know, I think I would love to have, but he's kind of the, the nice to have. Right. For me, you know, you look at what Pearl did this year. You know, I think he was ranked uh, number one for block shots uh, coming off the bench. Uh, and for, you know, a guy that's just coming into the league, I look at him as, you know, potential Pau Gasol kind of player. When his rim protection is uh, not that far off from Go Bears yeah. last year. So he definitely offers a type of like elite switchy defense. I look at um, I look at Serge Ibaka and I don't see him sticking around long term. You know, uh-huh. he I, I think he served a purpose. He's a veteran presence, but you got to look at his replacement. And if it was between Siakam and Pirtle, I think I'm going with Pirtle. Um, just based on the whole kind of twinkle toes um, yeah. mentality that he has. No, like we don't we don't scores. talk enough about twinkle toes. <laughs> you know, and, and I, people in real life who do I, that. I've just. I've just been really impressed with him um, throughout the year. You know, I've watched I've watched a lot of Raptors this year, and um, for me, I really do think Pirtle has a few other gears to get to. Um, I don't think we're seeing a finished product. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to really blossom into no, maybe not an All Star, but like a solid double double guy, a couple blocks, and um, someone you could maybe even build around. Um, Another, so it gets really hard, you know, especially with Lowry's age. You yeah. want you want the point guards, you want the depth to kind of fill him in. But what OG showed me, um, even in the playoffs uh, this year, he just seems to be getting better and better. So if it was two guys, I'd probably be Perto and OG for me. You don't think OG choked in the playoffs? I'm just kidding. They all choked. I don't think OG like was sweating well, at any point like, this year. O- OG hit a couple threes that kind of caught my attention you know he oh yeah. was, he was guarding lebron like yeah what did you really expect first and year I, too. I, first oh, year it was, and, it was insane you know like i, I don't think he's going to be quiet leonard but i think he's got those capabilities and i think the raptors need that um maybe more than they need a fred van fleet um but i love freddie steady freddie and steady eddie yeah. freddie I love him. I love his three-point shooting. He's he's somebody that I I I really think the Raptors need to hold on to. Yeah. But if I had to pick two, those would be my two. I feel like you just said that because I'm like glaring. You're at look, you. giving me the yeah. And also, <laughs> I, I'm how could you? How could you? I'm also glaring at you, and my name's Freddie. So I that know, probably I came know. into your head. I know. Or did it? It it came into my head. It's it's more just the um I guess the logistics of the team and what the team needs. Like you need to get rid of Norm Powell. Like that's like. For me, you want to get into 
some mistakes like there's there's oh we're getting there some serious we're mistakes that have we're getting that there. have happened um so yeah those would be my two okay um i think uh i also have og so does i think everyone has o, uh og so mm-hmm. that's that's pretty cool that's pretty uh um clear i think um siakam is my number two and it's like obviously a super hard choice which we you know i made up this game right so that's not necessarily how this is going to unfold but um usually when you have too many good assets whether it's picks or um or good young players you kind of have to move them especially if you have a a bunch of big contracts locked up that for the most part look pretty untradeable it depends how um how you're willing to package them etc but again we're not in a size head so we don't really know um, Siakam was my second choice. I think from watching the playoffs this year, seeing the Boston Celtics switchy D, seeing the um, you know even the Houston Rockets, Golden State, those teams really seem like their uh, their GMs are on uh, like ahead of the curve as far as like just having tons of players that are between six six and six nine that can switch on to anybody. And when I look at OG and Siakam, I like them as a defensive pairing going forward. I think. Just, you know, again, they're, they look like they're mostly going to be defensive players. We'll see where they get to offensively. But, um, yeah, Pirtle was tough for me. And th- I guess what I'm thinking about for DeLon and, and Van Vliet, Van Vliet would have been my number third. But I, I'm looking at the point guard market in the NBA, and I'm like, I think you can get another really good guard. Or there's some team might have some guard that they have to let go, whether it's a guy like Smart who's in a similar situation with the Celtics where he's going to be restricted. So it's only really going to take a team like Brooklyn to say, Hey, we'll pay smart way more than Boston wants to. And then all of a sudden he's gone. Right. So that's kind of my logic with the guards. Um, I, you make a strong case for Pirtle, Ben. So I, I'm, I'm kind of there too, but you know, with JV's development and I, I, I don't know. I, so I'm trying to factor in all those things. And I think with OG and Siakam going forward, you can have guys who are, are really young, really athletic, and really just l- look like they could be top-notch defenders. Uh, so that's where I'm. That's where I'm leaning to in terms of um, in terms of the young guys. I, if I had to choose um, Russian roulette style, and I don't, but uh, you know, I made up the game. So uh, okay, uh, moving on to our next question, um, we'll start with you, Niall. So Masai's been a pretty glorious GM. I think most people would agree. I, I think so, yeah. Uh, especially after the Colangelo era, where Colangelo looks like he was always trying to make a big splash. Um, he was trying to make us good. He was trying to cheat the process, which is kind of hilarious that he's now in charge of the process in Philly. <laughs> uh, if I was a Philly fan, I would just be... I'd be terrified. Because uh, if you've watched Colangelo, you're... Um, Basically, you're you're uh, you have a slow nightmare coming your way. He's good. He's going to slowly mismanage all of your assets until a point where you know things look grim, or maybe not. We'll see. Uh, maybe you know he did a good job in Phoenix, but um, and he did some good things in Toronto. Again, meandering questions over here. Masai has done a wonderful job here. Is there anything that jumps out to you as a mistake? Um, and if so, what's the biggest mistake you think that Messiah has made in the past or maybe for our team going forward? Like the biggest mistake he's made overall, like overall. his career? 
Um, no, I, I, okay. uh, in his career with the Raptors, JaVale McGee. Right? Yeah, no, JaVale <laughs> McGee. Been... Yeah, that's the consensus. He gave <laughs> JaVale McGee like a near max, right? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> you know his big mistake. History will tell on that one. It's yeah, give yeah. him a few more years. <laughs> hey, JaVale McGee has a ring, right? He might have a ring. right the whole time. Multiple champion JaVale McGee. Yeah, no, but two-time champion. For the Raptors, what do you think? What's something going forward? You know, is it a contract? Is it an overpay? Is it a draft? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the only thing that I'm sure you guys will have amazing answers because right now the only thing that pops in my mind is uh, is Powell, which you know I don't know. Like last year didn't seem like a crazy. After oh last man, that season, wasn't a bad like, signing at the like, time. Oh, that looks like a reasonable thing. And now I don't know what happened to Norman Powell. <laughs> For sure, had an accident over the summer, and he's like, "Wait, what's basketball?" And then totally he got edged out of the rotation. It was terrible, and not not slowly either. He's he just was went from zero to suck. In, yeah, well, it was it was so weird because like, he came very quickly. It seems like he won the starting job. So yeah. at the beginning of the year, it was like, oh, Norm's starting, yay! You know, he was so good in the playoffs the yeah. previous two years. I was really excited. I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. And well, then he got injured, right? And um, I think OG happened to Norm Powell. Mm-hmm. I, like, okay. I honestly really do believe that OG just kind of came in, played and took better, it. and took it. And, yeah. and then and then Powell just didn't have um, enough scoring nights or just didn't do enough to really kind of hang on to that job. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it, what I think. But it didn't feel like it was a blowout in terms of of getting the job to OG, right? Like it wasn't a back yeah. and forth or it wasn't a like, oh, I don't, which I one love do the you idea. choose? It was clear which one you chose like immediately. I don't know what happened. I like, like that you think year, he like hit his head. That's like, a, and like, like a, I, I also like think, that there could be blowouts as far as like losing your <laughs> no, position on the team. If you, take, if you take Powell from last year and you put him and you, it's, it's like OG and Powell from last year, like, oh, maybe I could see, you know, you could see yeah. them competing for the spot, mm-hmm. but I don't, the season I, started. Well, I mean, like, doing, let's man? say we, we, you know, uh, Katie, sorry for the sacrilegious comment, but let's say we uh, sign and trade Fred uh, for, for a pick. <laughs> let's say, you know, let's just say, hypothetically. Let's say, just hypothetically, just we, hy- let, we let Fred go to waivers. We just... Yeah, yeah. Let we, let's just say we get nothing for Fred. <laughs> we just drop him. And we actually are quite rude to him out yeah. the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, No. Uh, but let's say, you know, we, we get something for him, whether it's a pick or whatever, and Norm is the 10th guy. Do you think that contract looks a little better because like uh, this year, I think he was getting paid still like a million dollars or whatever. Yeah. Uh, next year is when he gets he's getting ten a year. Right. So with, the pressure's with, on. Right. Yeah. Damn it. I was no, about it, to say, but with the new CBA, yeah, no, it's still a yeah. lot of money for. Yeah, the Raps are in the luxury. I mean, yeah. it's weird though because I think there's fifteen or sixteen teams that are in the luxury mm-hmm. because because of the the way the CBA unfolded and and all these guys like you know. Bismack Biombo is getting paid eighteen million dollars a year. You know good what I mean? For so him. Yeah, uh, I think good for him too. Amazing. Uh, yeah, I remember when Raptors fans were like, "Trade DeRozan and keep Biombo." <laughs> yeah, oh, that was that was the thing. See, um, but I, I think I, I think you got to look at that contract as a bit of an albatross at this point. The norm or the norm, Biombo? Well, Biombo for sure. Both, but yeah. but norm, <laughs> but norm right now because you know you basically want to be giving Van Fleet Powell's money right now. You know, like, for sure. I think, yeah, yeah, totally. And you're, yeah. you're, you're kind of stuck because, you know, you're paying Lowry all this money. You're paying Valanchunas all this money. Yep. So for the next two years, you, you're basically locked in on this particular team. Yeah, Masai kind of doubled down kind of on the three-year w- window. That Sorry. wiggle room. Powell was that kind of extra money that you could maybe go out and get, you know, another shooting forward or a three-point specialist. So but, for you, is, is Norm also Masai's biggest mistake? No. 
<laughs> I actually, okay, uh, I, I, I like Powell. I, I think he's a young player. I think, uh, I think it was a mistake, but it's not his biggest mistake. Right. Um, I think if you look at kind of what transpired with Coppola and that whole kind of saga. Oh my God. I forgot. Uh, oh, Bruno, like Bruno. we ended up, tra- we traded him to the Sacramento Kings and he really just did nothing. You know, like he just didn't he blossom in Sacramento? No, that's the Raptors graveyard. Yeah, that is a Raptors graveyard. I was I was actually Ooh, looking at uh, I was looking at that draft and they were talking about some of the players they could have gone and they could have gone Clint Capella on the Houston Rockets Ooh. instead of uh, Rodney Capella. Hood, I remember that wanting. Is, so is. I just it's it's I look at that. I, you could also throw in the Damari Carroll trade. Like you basically gave away a first round pick to get rid of Carroll. And but that was a double trade because we made two trades in two days, right? So we traded no, no, but Joseph that wasn't and the, a pick. No, but the Joseph no. was for CJ Miles. Um, the Carroll, you just basically got rid of him because there was a culture misfit. And when you look at what Carroll did in Brooklyn, he ended up having a great year. And for me, that's on the coach. You know, like, I do hmm. find it hilarious that Carroll was like, we need to move the ball. And we trade Carol, and everyone's like, "Okay, so we're moving and the ball." <laughs> like, it was like, it was like he was one hundred percent right. And then we were like, "Okay, no, honestly, Carol's gone." Thank God, he's let's gone. Like, like, so let's have some fun, hey guys. Let's swing it. So I, I actually would have kept Carol and kept that pick, um, you know. But that's, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like, who the hell knows? But I, I, I look at that. But I, I look at the Capolo, the Bruno, because he was like. He was supposed to be the Brazilian Kevin Durant. Like they sold us, and maybe he was, and maybe he <laughs> is. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe he still is. is. He's, he's five years away. Years old, ben. He's, he's seventeen <laughs> years away from being seventeen <laughs> years away. Like, he's seventeen years old. Let the boy grow. So I just I I've watched Bruno, and I I just I I, I kind of see it, but at the same time, like that wingspan is nice, but defensively he just will never be there. His um his IQ is like less than a peanut when it comes to basketball and and i'm just i'm not i'm not big on bruno and we ended up and then we ended and then he ended up trading him for um the richardson guy who i'm more there's more upside for him than bruno but it was just at that pick i feel like they could have done more um and then they basically just dragged this kid through the mud um, like I feel sorry for Bruno. Like I feel like if he yeah. was on the Lakers right but now, but he didn't. He like die for our sins because like we have a nine oh five team now. You know what I mean? Which they kind of like got because of him. And then we also have like BioSteel. Like he made the Raptors really look inward and be like, "Wow, we got to change things." Right? You know what I mean? So I Bruno have, was kind of like. But didn't you learn your lesson from uh, Bargnani and Arusha? Oh. But the, yeah. my only thing with Bruno. And I do agree it was a mistake in terms of a pick, but I think it's such a mixed bag in the second round that it was Masai swinging for the fences, but um, it's just I think such Bruno a... was a first round. Yeah, I think he was. Oh, sorry, round. sorry, I meant Bruno to say he was like twenty six or twenty. Sorry, he was twenty. He was a overall. late. He was yeah. He was a late. He was twenty. Overall. He was twentieth overall. So I mean, if you look at twentieth overall picks, but uh, yeah, I guess I don't know if you could have had Clint Capella. That sucks. But like, yeah, I, to to your point, it's like tough. how many. 20 plus how many other teams passed on Clint Capella, right? Like if it was, if it was Nobody just, knew. Right. It's, it's, it's once you get into the twenties, it gets really, it's kind of a, I don't know what, I don't want to say crapshoot or unless you're yeah. scouting, unless you're the Spurs and you're like this guy at 56, he's a hall of famer. And it's kind of like Masai learned his lessons because all of our late picks after that have been like OG uh, in the twenties. Um, but that's, that's Van Vliet undrafted Siakam in the twenties. But like, you draft these guys, like you draft an OG, you draft a Van Fleet. Like, why go after a Bruno? 
No, but that, that's what I'm saying. He did Bruno before those guys. No, I know. So he maybe was like, he was like, go. yikes. <laughs> so we, he learned his lesson. I just think... He, Do you think Masai says yikes? I am. So. No. I think he Masai, says... Masai never says yikes. He eh? says, like, E-God. E-God. He E-God. He's on the 401. E-God. Wait, that's not how people say that word, is it? E-God. Uh, um, oh, sorry. Um, okay, you know, I'm going to chime in here before we get to Katie, because I don't want to always have, like, the last opinion, because... My opinion's not definitive. You know what I mean? It's just ramblings. Um, I think a Baca's contract is the biggest uh, mistake oh, hey, mistake one. that Masai has made. And I think that the three-year window with Lowry and Ibaka was absolutely fine. I think like not re-signing Lowry and Ibaka would have been a mistake because, you know, the way the money works in the NBA, it's like you can't you can't just um, like we could offer those guys more money than we could offer anyone else like i remember with with resigning lowry it was like we're legitimately looking at if we don't resign lowry hopefully we can get patty mills like that's like what it was so it's really was we really did have to lock down those assets but i think you know he should have played i think he made a like a make good deal with uh ibaka that he didn't necessarily need to and if you look at how hamstrung we are with contracts Abaka should be a tradable guy. He's he's a you know he's he's a power forward who's you know probably a center at this point in his career, but he can shoot the three at least percentage wise. He, was, he had a, a shot like thirty six percent from three this year, which is not amazing, but it's pretty good. And you know he blocks shots at an okay rate. He's a terrible rebounder, and he kind of has he moves pretty slowly. But I think because we paid him so much, is that the sales pitch. Listen. I know, I know, no, I know, but like he's a terrible rebounder. But like he he's still. I think when you think about him as your third best player, you're like, oh, no, this guy's terrible. But if he was paid kind of like he was our sixth best player or seventh best player, the, the narrative would be totally different. Um, you know, it would have been like, oh, yeah, of course, our year seventh best player can't guard love in the playoffs. And, you know, there'd just be less. We'd be relying on him less and we'd have more flexibility going forward. So to me, that's Masai's biggest mistake is just overpaying him. I think he's getting like 18 or 20. If he's getting like 14 or 12, then all of a sudden, you know, everything's different as far as like what we can do going forward, in, he, in my opinion. Would he be, we have been okay with that? Like, didn't he leave OKC because he was like, I want to be the man? And like, I don't. Oh, yeah, would it would like, he, but would he be okay with Oh, like, would he? Yeah. Sure, yeah. I'll be the sixth player. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't really know how to read him either because sometimes it seems like he's the perfect, like, tough guy that you need. And then other times. He just doesn't care. Other times just he doesn't like, care. Totally checked out. He, does, he checks out. He got in like three fights this year, one of which was a mysterious one with our training staff, mm-hmm. which is never a good thing. Like, because that never came out what happened. He, like, we just internally suspended him, which is like. Anyways, yeah, uh, Katie, what's what's Masai's biggest mistake? Uh, I don't like c- c- controversial to what everyone else has said. I don't really feel like he's made a ton of huge mistakes. Like, That's I fair. Think he That's gets, fair. He is kind of this like quiet mastermind. Yeah, he holds on to scenes. assets. I agree. He's like definitely he like overpaid Norm. He's like the Abaka thing. I think will hurt us down the road. Yep. And like, who could know that he would show like not show up show up by not showing up this year i mean it was the first playoffs he's ever not showed up mm-hmm. like he was been he has a wicked... he had like flourishes and then oh, you're man. like what happened or like totally. are you not happy here like that's what it actually seemed like but hmm. i think for me i mean and this is like i don't know hypothetical but i think for me the mistake might be in um firing casey to be honest. Ooh, I mean, I'm very ooh. open to... I mean, I agree with that, but I want to hear why. I'm very open to... I, like, I'm very excited and, like, curious that I'm not... I don't feel, like, panicked about what could happen and what who we could get. Um, 
the winningest coach in franchise history. <laughs> but I would have thought if he was going to do it, last year would have been the year. Then again, right. like we wouldn't have had this year. But who's to say, like, uh, I think Casey proved what he could do this year. He did turn the entire team around. A mm -hmm. lot of that came from his, like, assistant and coaching support. Of course, and yeah. his staff and the team. But it's a, it's a, it's they a were, team thing, for sure. I think they could have taken it another year. And I don't think that would have been resting on our laurels. Like, I don't think that would have been, like, the lazy way or whatever. I th and yeah. I think it seemed, for him, it all, to me, it seemed almost a bit of a knee-jerk decision because it said they were like hanging out every day. They went to lunch like totally every day after the season ended, and then it seemed then it, like four days later he's like he's I fired him. Yeah, <laughs> why? The, the, I think what sits really not well with me with the Casey firing, like you know, two weeks later. First of all, I was just devastated. Really? So I, I was like straight up sad because like I've I've been a Raptor fan for so long, and we've been like a, a franchise that just doesn't have legitimacy mm -hmm. forever. And so Casey, Lowry, DeRozan, these guys all brought us to legitimacy, mm -hmm. which I think is straight up unquantifiable. I agree. As especially when you're a no-name franchise. Yeah. Like for people who think we'll ever be Boston or Golden State or one of these franchises that everyone in the U.S. cares about, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. But those guys made us Utah. They made us... These other teams, these other, we're, we're, we're not a joke. No, we were like an um, underdog team that became fun to watch. Yeah, like yeah. So. And and I think what, what I really didn't like about the firing was that it seems like it was the first time that Masai had ever responded to pressure. Yeah, and outside. I didn't like that. I didn't like yeah. that at all either. It seemed like he was like, we needed a fall guy. He, he mm -hmm. looked at DeRozan and Lowry's contracts and he's like, people are just going to hang up the phone on me if yeah. I try and offer them you know, a, like basically a, a near max contract for a, a guy who's not a superstar. And then, you know, Casey's not getting paid that much. So I can let him go and it will look like I'm really doing a bunch. And I think that coupled with the fact that we were rumored with Budenholzer and Budenholzer seems like he chose Milwaukee over us. Yeah. Seems like Masai didn't have a full plan. I don't that think, scares yeah, me. Yeah, it's the first time it seems like he doesn't have even like sp yeah. spectral pieces of a plan like way Kinda. down the road in place. Like it just it, it, exactly yeah. it seemed like he was like, ooh, well, like, I, I, now's the time. But he is Masai, and back to what you said, he really is probably one of the smartest minds in the NBA. Mm -hmm. You know, we're now interviewing, and th this is actually going to lead right into the next question. Perfect uh, which segue. Is, yeah, perfect segue. You know, I'm getting mm -hmm. a little bit better at those. Um, I did it. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm bringing on guests who like can lift me up in these moments. That's you know? catchy. Almost stole it. Yeah. Almost. I, I almost took credit. And that's a whole other thing we're getting to is who gets credit for what in the NBA and how that works. But um, yeah, the coaching search is still on. I think rumored most recently is uh, a Tori Messina and another um, another assistant for uh, the Spurs, uh, uh, Ekpe Udo. Um and Udo, I, if I'm not mistaken, oh, I'm forgetting now, but he's responsible for something super cool. Oh, crap. Sorry. You know, I'm, I'm a bad host. I'm a really bad host. But he's a really progressive thinker in the NBA. And he's viewed as like a really, you know, intelligent mind. And he's been with the Spurs for four years as a you know, first, first uh, bench assistant, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, it seems like uh, th this is going to be the first guy that Masai ever hires to be our our head coach. So that's that's a big that's uh, a big job for him. It's really important. Um, you know, Nurse and Kalamian also got to interview for the job. They have not been fired. It's also rumored that Masai is a big teamwork guy. So he's probably wanting to bring in someone who does doesn't want to bring in their whole own staff. And you know, we saw with a guy like Steve Kerr when he took the head coach uh, spot for Golden State that 
you know, maybe you want head coach types as assistants as well, just to have such a powerhouse team. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the way going forward. But, uh, yeah, what do you want? Uh, I'm going I'm to start with you, Ben. What do you want out of this coaching search? Um, you know, we don't know how many candidates. Maybe there's like 200. Um, we've only heard about some that are rumored. But regardless of who comes in, what type of person do you want coming in? Do you want someone who's like a pure X and O's uh, guy or girl? Uh, do you want um, a mixture of that? Do you want kind of like a Brad Stevens person who's going to bring in that college mentality? Would a college mentality work with not college guys? There's a thousand questions for you. Well, what do you want for the Raptors' next head coach? Well, first, I just want to kind of I want to go back to Casey just for a quick second. Sure. I, I really do feel um, just to unpack that a little bit more. Unpack it. Um, Masai had to do something. You know, like, did he though? Well, LeBron yeah. basically yeah. humiliated, like he broke the Raptors twice. You know, twice, three, uh, three, three times. times, three times, and and you know they had a cultural reset. You know, to to match up with LeBron, and he was the coach of the year because he transformed this team to be you know a winning team that can beat LeBron, and they got swept. <laughs> you know, like if he would, if they would have won. One game, two game, like Indiana, they got three games. Boston got three games. Toronto didn't get anything. So for me, um, I was actually really upset with the Casey firing. I, I didn't think it was, um, I don't think it was fair. I do think he was kind of the fall guy, but I do believe that whatever was was going on wasn't working. You know, I, I really don't believe. I look at Lowry. I look at DeRozan. They're not good enough. And under Casey, they weren't good enough. So I don't know if there's another coach that can come in and guide Lowry. Maybe you trade Lowry. You know, maybe you trade DeRozan. Like, I'm I'm more open to that than I've ever been. Um, I'm a pretty hardcore Raptors fan. And I just, I look at the formula. The formula didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> no, if you, if you really Casey, love the Raptors, you're in at least a little bit of an existential crisis. It's a limbo. And... You know, Casey, Casey deserves all the credit in the world. He turned the franchise around. Like you think about those Chris Bosh years, the Bargnani years, you know, Lowry became the face of the franchise and they completely transformed the system. And for me, the system was good enough to get you first or second in the East. So that's a kind of a setup for me to look internally at someone like a Jerry Stackhouse you know, and, and, and see what he did with nine Oh five. Yeah. He's um, done the, some pretty incredible you know, stuff. Back-to-back finals. Well, lots he, of different players. One, they won the, the championship what, it was like two years ago for nine Oh five. Yeah. And then this year they made the finals and they made with the like finals. different, completely different rosters. So, and he's also had the MVP, uh, it was Lorenzo Brown, but he's basically, uh, it was, it was, uh, Siakam uh, yeah. last year. So he's coached the MVP two times in a row, which is pretty cool. So when you look at um, the makeup of the team, there's a lot of young players and some of them have gone back and forth from the 905. I just feel like Stackhouse has a good understanding of the system. Um, And you want somebody that knows the players that can kind of command respect. I don't know if that's Jerry Stackhouse, but he did it in the 905. And I don't know if I see a more qualified candidate than a Jerry Stackhouse if you're keeping the same model. If you're rebuilding and you're blowing it up and you're going to trade everybody. Doesn't he kind of work for, for that situation too, though? He, he does. Because but, he'd be a new coach, right? New head coach. So you go, if you're starting something new. 
I just feel like you've been building something over the last three years. And if you're just going to throw all that away, um, you're, you're, you're basically, you're basically saying that the last couple of years was for nothing. And at least Jerry uh, Stackhouse can take that model and maybe bring it to the next stage. If I had my ideal choice right now, I look at what Mike D'Antoni's done in Houston, you mm-hmm. know, the running gun kind of style. Um, I think you should be looking at those kind of players. Like maybe it's time to look at a Steve Nash or, you know, maybe it's time to look bring at Steve some, Nash back. Why not? You know, as an assist, maybe as an oh, assistant. Coach. Sorry. I, I immediately went to as a player. No, maybe that is wild enough to work. Bring him back. You know, forget about Lowry, Steve Nash. No, I'm just saying like the running guns. Steve Nash is with Golden State right now, right? As an assistant? No, he's not an assistant. He's like a player. He's like a consultant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would really like, I would like a Nash, you know, to be in the coaching system. You know, he's Canadian. But like that ball moving, um, you know, up-tempo, shoots a lot of threes. You know, that's exciting ball, you know. And like, listen, if ISO ball works, do it. Like it's working for James Harden. And yeah, they lost to Golden State. But that model... um, Almost got them to the NBA Finals. Uh, I still believe defense wins championships, mm-hmm. but we're in a different day and age where kind of ball movement um, is, you know, more prevalent than it's ever been. So for me, you know, you'd look at a, a Mike D'Antoni, but obviously he's with Houston. Um, so for me, out of the choices that are available, I'm sure there's hundreds and hundreds. Jerry Stackhouse probably makes the most sense. Cool. What do you what do you feel now? Uh, um, you know, you can yeah, you can touch on the Casey stuff. You can touch on yeah, yeah, yeah. what you I want heard, going forward. Uh, a few things actually. I, I guess I could run back uh, uh, my my question about um, Masai. Maybe one of his biggest mistakes was not getting someone to cover LeBron because we knew right. we were going to have to go through the Cavs, and we and he didn't do anything. Well, that was CJ Miles. That might have been his biggest mistake. That was the guy. (laughs) (laughs) You basically said, oh, gee. How about about this for a mistake? Offering PJ Tucker $33 million, and Houston offered him uh, $32 million. Yeah, and he he went to Houston. Yeah. You're not wrong. Although PJ Tucker could not cover Mm -mm. LeBron the year before. Mind you, if you want to go into, like, you know, for, for Casey, people who are frustrated with Casey, he didn't start Tucker. In that in that uh, Milwaukee series, until too late, and he didn't start. Um, I don't know if he ever started uh, Tucker in the um, Cavaliers series last year. But Tucker, sorry, yeah, Tucker yeah. was unbelievable in that Houston series. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. Like, he yeah. he yeah. had some, he had some threes in that series that were just he, unbelievable. Wait, so really so now nah, I interrupt you. Where where are you going? Um, with this? You want Tucker to be the coach? No, 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 no. <laughs> yes, let's do it. Let's do it. And max out Fred VanVleet. Let's do it. Yes, <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> No, I totally forgot my point. Uh, it was, it was. So, I mean, that kind of works in Casey's favor. But I did hear. I mean, I don't know where I heard this, so it could have been just complete whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, wasn't there an incident where Masai went into the locker room after Game Three, after Game Three, and just yep. blasted him for not doubling LeBron? Yeah. So Miles basically did not leave Corver. And uh, it made OG just basically cover LeBron fully one-on-one. What's with us and not covering, not doubling basketball legends? Is that like a <laughs> I don't tradition know. in yes, Toronto? That's a oh, oh my God. 70. No, yeah. no, we got this. Oh, my God. This. He's going to go. That's gonna Mitchell being like, d- not double Kobe. It's like, is with us, shame man. on you. But um, 
That's hilarious. And uh, yeah, because like Miles could have like just showed a little bit more. Or, and also, you know, if LeBron dimes it out to Corver and Corver hits a three and we're like, oh no, Corver hit a three. I think most fans are like, at least it wasn't LeBron. Yeah. They're, um, not, the, they're not equivalent players. I mean, yeah. if, I, if I had to totally. bet. Yeah, OG's a rookie and you're now putting a rookie on That's LeBron James crazy. at the end of the game. But he did a great job. He, he did, did a do a great job. job. Yeah, he is a and rookie. he did make him take an <laughs> awful shot. Yeah. Like if anyone ever plays basketball, just try that shot for fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I, I Running try, full to be speed. Fair, it's yeah. LeBron and he does try that shot for fun. Like, That's, That's true. That's what He's like, I do that shot all the time. He probably tries it for not fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, I'll show you that shot later tonight when we play. Oh, I'm, I'm pumped for that. <laughs> if you hit that shot, the, fade, the fade away, you know, one footer <laughs> falling down. You guys can't see this at home, but he's doing it right now. Actually. Yeah, I'm actually. He's yeah. winning. He's, he's got a he's got a lav mic. He's just he's on a court five now, miles away. Now um, I'm, I'm I'm actually dunking on Freddie. <laughs> you gonna dunk on me today? I'm into it. I thought I thought I just did. Oh, I'm saying Mama Sama Maxa. Um. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no, so for coaching changes, I don't know. I mean, are we, what are we saying? Are we, are, you, are we all pro running this back? Because at this point, I'm like, here's the thing. And I'm panicking. <laughs> no, panic. I'm okay, panic. we need some this panic. Here because, panic. But here's the thing. We're being I'm looking, way too casual I'm for looking, what's happening I'm right looking now. at Boston, and I'm looking at Philly, and I'm like, let's just put our feet up for the next five years and have like a five-year just total camp, rebuild. Just total rebuild. You can't do that. You can't do See, that to DeRozan. Like... Like for me, DeRozan this, is a would, franchise player. Sure, and we the, would give him a good home. We'll give him a good home. It's like when you give away a dog. We we'll, we'll find a really good home for him on a playoff contender. For me, it's like emotions aside. I just think that like there's like two major like non tanking like reasons I don't want to tank. One is because um, they're changing the lottery system that goes into effect next year. For real. So like whoever's trying to tank right now or sorry next year. They're not doing that. It's like, so so basically it's going to be one to eight have the same odds. So there's going to be no real reason to bottom out. I'm not, but I'm not saying pro tanking. I'm just saying rebuild. So, oh, you're you're like kind of like Miami Boston style. Like when they kind of like, when when LeBron left Miami, he's like, we're going to stay good or rebuild. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. What aren't they already doing that? Like when you look at Siakam, you look see at that's kind of where I'm at. Like, haven't there? they been rebuilding with these guys? I'm more of like Utah, Miami, uh, Houston, Boston. That's what I want to do. I want to stay good and just keep trying to be as smart as you can with assets. Because I feel like, yeah, like our rebuild might just be in two years. You know, might just be like, okay, do not resign Lowry, DeRozan, or Ibaka. Great. Now we have eighty million dollars to spend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that might be the easiest way. That, that might be the quickest Band-Aid, uh-huh. um, if that's the direction you want to go. I also think that um, as far as, like, this season being a failure, I feel like the culture reset, similar, similar but at the same time different to what happened in Philly this year, it really got sped up. Like, were we supposed to win 59 games? What if Casey just experimented with different lineups more and we won 52 games? And then the same thing happened in the playoffs. Would people be, you know, you know what I mean? Like, what if we finished in third? That's a good point. I That's predicted point. that. Did over, we did overachieve. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the regular season, I think, just was a bit of a mirage, you know? And then. Yeah. Huge. I don't know. I, 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 I think, I, I'm, I'm in between a million opinions here. I but. think that's why Casey lost his job because we could have been first. We could have been third. We could have been fourth. We could have been fifth. We're still losing to LeBron James. Yeah. Yeah. But is that on Casey or Masai? 
You know what? I think I it's was, on both of them. I would, yeah, I would yeah. say if Casey had or DeRozan doubled, or Lowry or whoever. If Casey had doubled LeBron, then it's not on Casey, right? It's like, well, what do you yeah. want me to do? I doubled. We did everything we could. But he didn't, so now it's kind of like, dude. He Casey's like always been pretty bad at being creative in like the he clutch situation. Yeah, right? like that's I think, what yeah. it's come down. Like it obviously comes down to LeBron, but it also comes down to that. And I think for me, like for the next coach that we need, we don't need like. I think Fred that, Van Leet, mm-hmm. coach. <laughs> Honestly, I think he's that's not there yet. He's five years away. I think we need someone who's like very progressive and really dynamic. If we're going to bring in someone from outside the organization, mm-hmm. I would almost be wary of bringing some like like Nick Nurse's name is floating around, and like, yeah. I don't really think that would make a lot of sense. It's yeah, he's been like here for mini, four years, like a mini Casey, right? Like I know, like a lot of the culture change was. Like he he played a huge part in that, mm-hmm. but I just don't think like it didn't work. So like let's not right. pick someone like that. I think if we're gonna bring in someone new, like I do like Stackhouse as an option because I think he's got like fresh eyes. He knows the young guys. Yeah. He knows like the team. There's only one like assistant Spurs coach that I'm interested in, Becky, which is Becky Hammond. Yeah. Um, and I understand like it's a long shot, blah blah blah, whatever. But I do think like she's proven that she is so analytical and meticulous with the way that she works. Totally. But she is also like. She's really good. She has like every single thing it takes. Yeah, to coach a she good seems team. like she's really good at bringing out the best in her players. She yeah. seems like she's really good at like figuring out the dynamics of a team quickly. And I think like as a look for us, it would be fantastic. Narratively, it would be amazing. And, How cool! Would but that more be? than that, like as her first, like I think it would be a good fit as her first like head coach posting within the NBA because I'm sure she's going to get snatched up by someone at some point. Yeah, for sure. It's just a matter of time. But that's who I want, though. I think that's like a bit of a wish list. That's a good. Cool. Idea. Yeah. Um, and, and Milwaukee kind of did us a favor by, or Budenhauser. I didn't want him. Didn't he was too much of the No, but same. like they yeah. did us a favor yeah, by exactly. getting married. So now, yeah. where's Becky going to go? You're going to stay with the Spurs? Oh, yeah, I'll probably stay with the Spurs. Right. Yeah. The for sure. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Like B- Budenholzer, I think is super clever. And, you know, who who knows if, uh, you know, he just basically got, got crushed by LeBron like so many people before him. But uh, he seemed... As far as coaching candidates to replace Casey, he seemed pretty similar to Casey. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. he can make the t- a team more than the sum of its parts, but at the same time has tactical issues as far as like reacting very fast. Yeah. Um, like if we fired Casey, let's at least make it worth it, right? Like yeah. I think so. Let's bring in a different. Yeah, like that's a what. Completely different. Yeah, like let's go. Fit. And yeah, I think swing for the fences. Yeah, exactly. I think Stack and Becky could both offer a similar thing, which is kind of like. You know, they might do a good job of taking over a really, really talented team, but they might also be in a good spot if, you know, knock on wood, like, let's hope that nothing bad happens. But sometimes really bad things happen and you might have a star player get injured. Mm-hmm. So let's say we have a star player who gets injured next year and it's like, wow, we are going to maybe be in seventh place this year. Becky or Stack might be a really good choice for that type of team mm-hmm. where they can say like, okay, let's really, really start to focus on making sure... You know, people have to guard Siakam on defense or he can hit the corner three or whatever. Um, but it was actually just stalling a little bit there because uh, we're ready to talk about some NBA stuff. Matt, can you give me a little bit of a thing? That was cool, right? Love it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, there's been a ton of credit uh, as far as um, how one team does versus a team – uh, okay, that's a, that's a sloppy way to say that. I think comparing the Raptors to Indiana to Boston is more apples and oranges than anything else. 
And I want I I know I know some of you uh, some of you folks on the podcast are probably going to disagree with me on this one. So I'm really interested in your takes. Um, but uh, yeah, so I guess I just don't know how to square um, different scenarios, different players, injuries, different players being hot. All those kind of things. Like, for instance, so the Raptors got swept by Cleveland, right? We got demoralized in game two and four. Uh, we lost on a freak buzzer beater in game three. We made it to OT in game one. Um, so much of what we had was working. When Indiana played uh, Cleveland, uh, Tristan Thompson didn't play almost the whole series. He's been fantastic for them in the in the uh, playoffs. Love was injured, had like a torn thumb or whatever it was. Um, you know, he wasn't that big of a factor. And they also had different defenders. They had Thaddeus Young. Um, they had a bunch of guys who played really, really physical, whereas our defense was kind of analytical and, you know, wasn't that best against the top offenses in the NBA. So obviously there are some takeaways as far as like, you know, Indiana and Boston both took Cleveland to seven games. Um, we didn't. We took them to four games. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Boston didn't take Cleveland to any overtimes. Um, and they had a bunch of just, unknown quantities who were also, you know, kind of getting better every single game. Tatum looks like he's a potential superstar. Brown looks amazing. Horford's like the low key Draymond green that no one ever talks about. Um, Boston's the best defensive team in the NBA. So I just, I guess for me, you know, how about this? Like uh, is, is uh, if, if Brad Stevens is a better coach uh, than Nate McMillan, why, you know, they both took that team to seven games or took Cleveland to seven games. I guess, I like, and the reason I'm presenting that is because I think Brad Stevens is a better coach than Nate McMillan. But I do think that it's just tough to compare, um, yeah, series to series, team to team, matchup to matchup. And uh, I, I don't necessarily think that because Boston did better against Cleveland, that necessarily reflects on how the Raptors did. Ditto Indiana. Okay, that was a that was a. Once again, I'm holding up to the whole meandering question thing. Um, Katie, let's start with you on this one. How do you feel? Is Get it, out of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. How about uh, let me just condense that uh, weird monologue I just made. Um, is it apples and oranges, or is there actually quite a bit to take away from how we did versus Cleveland versus how those other teams did? Uh, I I think there's a bit to take away, but I think it's that we can't keep comparing ourselves to other teams because it doesn't make any sense. Like those teams, what those coaches did was look at the guys that they had and like right. figure out what worked best playing against Cleveland. Right. That's not what we did when we played them. Like there were, there were some adjustments mm -hmm. and that like showed through in like our good games, but I don't think there were enough. And like back to the Casey thing, like that's, something he's notoriously shown that he's not right. that great at doing. That, and also into this like new coach replacement, why I'm not that upset about it is because I think he stopped being able to see – I think he lost some of the players. I think I he think, did kind of lose the And I think he stopped room. being able to see like what they could do and like how to get it from them. Right. So I think like putting in new like a new front office staff at least can look at it with fresh eyes because like yeah. we've all been talking about the same problems for like three years totally. post playoffs. I don't know. Like I don't know any more than anyone else does. Like it right. seems like, okay, we're going to move the ball around. We did this culture reset. It worked for the rest of the year. What happened? There's obviously, there's like a, a choke thing that kicks in like when the playoffs start, but we need a coach that can coach past that. Mm -hmm. So I, again, like I think where Toronto runs into trouble is by always trying to compare ourselves to other 
franchises. It doesn't really make any sense. We're not right. we're not going to be like to your point, like we're never gonna be a Golden State. We're not gonna be like a Boston. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's actually a good and interesting thing. We just have to like become right. more comfortable with owning that. Yeah, because like when I look at Boston and Philly, like like now brought up earlier, uh, I think you know, Philly tanked for like what was it, four straight years and got all these like big time picks. And Boston just basically did one in one trade they did all of that mm-hmm. that was yeah but that was their mvp is prokhorov right oh yeah <laughs> their mvp <laughs> but, but you know what they mean? So they got him, like, like everything they should send him a ring if everything they wins. should it's really <laughs> brutal because like yeah it's just tough for me to be like okay so if we're looking at what boston did they basically got they traded like two aging stars so yeah can we trade can we trade some team uh you know, DeRozan and Lowry for like infinity first yeah. round everything, picks. Everything. Because if we can do that, I'm like, all right, I guess let's trade them. If we're going to get Tatum, who was a near first overall, Brown second overall. Um, you know, these guys aren't, these guys aren't Van Vliet. You know what I mean? These guys are stars in college hey. as well. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know Why what? I know I keep using. I actually could have picked a lot. Yeah, I could have picked a lot of people. I'm so sorry. Actually, Delon Wright's a good example because, like, let's like look at Delon Wright and Rozier. So Delon Wright was played for Utah, right? In college, he was pretty good. He was like a three or four year player. He's already 26. So Rozier, I was like, this guy came came out of nowhere. He was on Louisiana. He got drafted 14 overall. He like slipped like big time because he was the lead guy for Louisiana and he brought them to the final four. This guy's been waiting for a starting spot. But like, whereas DeLon is the kind of guy you're like, is he a starter? Rozier basically has just been waiting to burst out. And he did. Um, sorry, I, I started monologuing again. Um, <laughs> but no, no you, you brought it up now before. So... Yeah. What, what 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 do you think? What's what's the takeaways here? Is am, am I just you're so, sorry being optimistic with just, the apples and oranges? The stuff? apples and oranges thing. So yeah, are yeah, you yeah. saying for okay? First of all, for their series against Cleveland, or just overall? I'm saying comparing the Raptors series. Okay, series. Uh, comparing the Raptors to Boston and Indiana, specifically with how they played against Cleveland, for me is just like looking at one one hundredth of the data available. Right. 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 I mean, I guess I don't, I don't even I'm not sure I know how to answer the question, but you could you could do a fun little exercise where if you took Brad Stevens, if you did like a, a postseason trade, Brad Stevens for Dwayne Casey, put Dwayne Casey on, on Boston. Do they do as well? Do they go seven? Do you think? Well, I mean, you, you just hit on my like uh, my my Brad Stevens. Um, that's the hill I'm dying on. I right. think he's the, uh, super boy. overrated. Um, I did think he was the third best coach in the NBA this year, but I, yeah, I think that's one of those things where it's like, um, does Casey do better with, uh, Boston and all and Tatum and Brown and those guys? I don't know. Maybe, um, does, does Stevens, I don't know. Like, uh, so yeah, if you traded those two, Stevens would start the year with his job on the line. No, no, but we're, sorry. I thought oh, yeah. we were saying just for the series. Oh, Are just for, for the, the series, series or for the year. Um, I I don't even know where what what, what what we're talking about right now. We're talking about some. We're we're, we're just roaming around hypotheticals. So, um, I honestly don't know. I don't. I, uh, fair I enough. Don't, fair I don't enough. know. But I feel, I have a feeling you've been waiting to see. No, say ben, I'm, I'm sitting. I'm I'm sitting. Ben, Ben's gonna formulating. Punch me in the face. Form, I'm formulating how to say this, but hit me up, Ben. I think ultimately you look at the players that you have, 
you know, and you look at the trade that um, the Celtics did with Brooklyn to bring in some of these young players, um, Philly with Simmons. I, I really do believe that you uh, you build from within and uh, you get to a point where you trade maybe one of your best players like a Paul George to OKC and then you get a Victor Oladipo. And, Huge you know, trade. Like that, that was, was an insane trade. That was a really big trade. And then and take, Sabonis, who's been great. Sabonis, like his father was unreal. I don't know if you remember him. Oh, Arvidas? Come Arvidas. on. Arvidas. Biggest like, head in the world. He, he was a phenom. <laughs> he does. He literally, his head is like the size of a building. But Sorry, there's, there's method to the madness, you know? Like they, they go out and get really sick young players and they build a veteran core around them, you know? Boston, they went out and got Irving, they got Hayward. They didn't even need them because of the young players that they got. So the Raptors haven't done that. The Raptors have basically looked to build from within, um, from the 905. They take the young players, they groom them, they grow them. Um, but the problem is, is, you know, I apologize. Fred Van Fleet is not. <laughs> this is the weirdest name. No, no, but he's not. But he's not Ben Simmons. You know, like he's Yet. not a first overall. He's not a first overall pick. So when you look at the guys that Indiana have, that Boston have, you know, maybe I'm expecting too much from um, from JV and. But some your of these whole other point guys. is that the these like young guys get the starting time on those teams, and they get like they they don't come off the bench. They're getting like. They're, getting, they, they're getting this core like built around them. And like to that point, the Raptors haven't done that. Yeah, we have a phenomenal bench and we had like an amazing bench to watch mm -hmm. this year. And they did get a lot of minutes, but it was always as the second rotation. That's right. So it's right. like that's an interesting Yeah, maybe like play OG. That's kind of where I was. Like like one of my biggest critiques of Casey um in general is just like not enough experimentation. Like I was always yeah. so furious that we got Miles uh, you know, to give spacing to DeRozan and Lowry. Mm -hmm. And we don't start him for 10 games just to yeah. see, mm -hmm. you know, because, like, if you look at the analytics, like, it probably, you know, would indicate that it's going to open up the floor for DeRozan. So it's like why you – I don't know. I think he got so – he was so obsessed with the rotations that it threw us off in a weird way, mm -hmm. even though our bench was so good. Oh, like wow. I that's my alarm, sorry, which for some reason set for 3.20 p.m. <laughs> time to get up, baby. Wow, time to get wake up, up and not, I don't know. That's, that's, wow, that's, that's, how, that's how pretty goes. That says oh way God. too much about me in the worst imaginable way. Summertime for you. Um, like I, I, I'll say this. Like I, I think we had the talent, and there's something to be said about um, that not being realized like the potential wasn't realized and yeah it was, like, like, it was J, realized like JV, in the regular season but, but not if, like, like jv gets that layup at the end of game one and we hit that and he, we win that game yeah like jv has like 30 and 10 the next game or something you know like yeah, i really I, think jv should have been utilized more i think he he could have really helped us win versus the Cavs, and i think casey went away from him i think you know, the elephant in the room here is like Lowry and DeRozan do not perform in the playoffs. Like they do yeah. in the first round, but like Lowry finally got the monkey off his back. Like he wasn't so Lowry's ne so Lowry and DeRozan, just just to kind of like agree and kind of qualify the point, is basically you know, they've never neither has been a superstar in the playoffs, period. I think Lowry basically played 
like a near star if you look at the numbers in this playoffs. But again, he's getting paid $33 million. That's, like that's Cal, 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 Lowry, Cal Lowry is getting <laughs> no, paid LeBron James money. Yeah, no, he's Think the sixth highest, six highest pay, paid player that. in the NBA. Um, and uh, DeRozan... DeRozan, I think, you know, he didn't didn't get enough credit for for doing pretty good, I thought, in the Washington series, and then also kind of getting the monkey off his back last year. But I think that the fact that J.R. Smith just, like, went off all series long, and that was DeRozan's cover, I'm just like, man, like, I get it. You're not a defensive guy, but you need to do more, especially if you're not. Even James Harden was playing defense in that Golden State series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was disorienting. He was, was yeah. like two blocks. I'm like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, I know. And Harden had a bunch of nice strips in that playoffs. Yeah. And actually, you know what? Um, I think that's where we're heading anyway. So wait, did anyone not answer this question? Did, did it hit you all up? Um, yeah, so uh, parody. Uh, is the NBA making a parody of parody? Huh? huh? Hey. Huh? Um, no, but uh, <laughs> yeah, how does everyone feel about four years in a row, same playoff matchup? Is it the same playoff matchup? Um, with different players, does that change things enough for you? Are you bored by it? Uh, I kind of like watching excellence, so I'm happy when I see really good basketball. Um, with that said, I think that probably would have been like Houston Golden State. But um, yeah, I'm not that bothered by it. I like LeBron's narrative. I definitely want G State to lose or or even struggle. Like I love seeing G State sweat in that Houston series. It felt good. It was enjoyable. Um, but yeah, I I think if it's like a Golden State, they win in five. Are we in crisis mode for the NBA, or is it basically like, you know, what are you gonna do? You just keep trying to compete. Uh, Katie, we'll start with you. How do you feel about I don't know the lack of parity in the NBA in the same finals? I feel fine. Uh, I had the same thought last year when this was the question that came up at the end of the season. Did I ask this on the podcast? No, no, no. Okay. I, I probably did. Literally, I wrote an article about it. Sorry to, I didn't mean to. You know, oh, I wrote an plug article your articles. Yeah. But I did and I still agree with it and it's what happened is that it forced a certain kind of like shift change in the NBA. Like you saw a lot of like smaller franchises coming up, getting kind of creative, getting yeah. really scrappy. Like, we saw that all year, and it made it a much more interesting, like pretty wild at times season. I think so. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty cool playoff yeah, too, for the most because part. Because you have to figure out like new ways to beat these like unbeatable teams. I don't. I did quotations. Like I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see that if you're listening. Yeah. Uh, I don't think like they're obviously proving that they're not beatable yet, but I don't think that that's going to remain the same. I think like parity has never really existed in the NBA. Like you kind of have. In any like championship, you might have a team that's like goes on a pretty strong run for a few years, and then someone else takes over. Yeah. Like I think parity is kind of a myth that pe- the fans I like totally agree. want to like. We always want to chase after and and like blame somebody and kind of scapegoat someone, but yeah. it doesn't exist. Like again, like yeah, I love to watch like really phenomenal basketball. My like worry with this finals is it might actually be just a bit boring. Um, yeah, I think, especially after Golden State just got tested by Houston, I mean, never underestimate LeBron. But that's the but, thing, too, and the dynamic has changed. Like, the storyline has changed this year mm-hmm. for, like, the what the Cavs can do, what they're going to do. If Is it going to be, like, LeBron and this the nobodies? Like, are they going to yeah. show up? How like, many is Eddie Osmond sh- going to play? Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think he should. How many ISO plays do they drop for Nance? Nance sucks. <laughs> I hate Nance. Yeah, yeah, Nance has been pretty uh, – He's so boring. Um yeah. But like, like I don't, I don't know. I don't think I don't think there is a parody problem. And I think okay. the fact that 
you do have these two like titans of like either conference is good for the NBA because it forces creative solutions and it forces teams to actually like think and not do the same shit they did the year before. Yeah, I think I'm 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 basically 100 percent with that point. Nice. Um, <laughs> let's see if we got some counterpoints. You know, if you don't have a counterpoint, that's also okay. <laughs> but you know, if it's natural, then fire away, uh, Ben. That's just what a supportive podcast. I know. You know? <laughs> Everyone gets this a word. Oh yeah, it's a safe space. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty. I feel like I'm pretty agreeable in general. You know, if I ever get like, like you're a pretty agreeable guy. If I get like moved out of my like apartment one time, I'm gonna be like, oh, are you serious? Oh, okay, no <laughs> right worries. Right on, uh, no worries. I oh had yeah, some good times here. You said oh, moved uh, out too when you meant like evicted. Evicted, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you're evicting me? Wow, cheers. Moved no out. worries. I'm moved out, guys. It's been a nice time though, eh? No, it hasn't. <laughs> you oh, okay. Got evicted? Oh yeah, yeah, that. I just call it moving <laughs> out. You want me to live in the lake? Oh wow, okay. Van, um, van down by the river. Van down by the river, <laughs> baby. Cherry Beach. I'm sorry. No, cherry beach. Uh, sunny side. No, I'm, uh, I'm mixed on that. I, that's definitely an interesting question. Cause you look at, uh, you know, golden state bringing in Kevin Durant and basically just solidifying championships year after year, you know, you could go back to the big three in Boston, big three in Miami, you know, like teams coming together. You could go back to Houston when Clyde joined Elijah Wan and Barkley, like that whole thing, they've been doing it for a long time, but in some ways, these super teams are, I don't want to say they're, um, they're not ruining the NBA, but you're making video game types of teams and you basically have 30 other teams that are trying to keep up with these two teams. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm not bored by it. I'm like, I'm actually rooting for LeBron in this series because it's basically one versus four stars. Yeah. Um, but Listen, I wanted Houston to be Golden State. I, I when Paul got injured. Oh, like I wanted that, Houston to be Golden State for sure. And I wanted yeah. that. Like, you know, I'm I'm okay with this. And it's kind of a the dynasty thing, and I get it. And it's like two of the great teams of all times facing up. And I I love it. But I, I agree with Katie that it might be boring. Um, you know, we kind of know what it is. You know, Houston really represented kind of something different. And so did Boston, for that matter. Um, I loved Houston. They were like, Maurice is like evil genius. And he like hired like an assassin in Harden. And then he got like all these guys who play this very specific way. It's awesome. And then he got, you know, Chris Paul. And it just like, it was a team engineered to beat Golden State. And I think that's cool. Like, yeah. I love that. No, I love that as well. And uh, when you look at a team like Indiana, you know, th that was kind of the no-name team nobody really saw, and they kind of broke out. And they're trying to take down Golden State, take down Cleveland, and they almost did. My problem is is I don't know if you can do that. <laughs> you know, like LeBron, um, like eight straight finals. Uh, I don't know what the strategy is to take this guy down. Um, and the when they keep building these super teams, um, I think these teams at the bottom will never beat LeBron. Will never be able to. You don't think Phoenix has a chance? Phoenix will never beat <laughs> LeBron James. You know what I mean? Like, I don't it, know. It, I don't know. They, it, unless they trade for Fred VanVleet. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was my yeah, last one. Yeah. Absolutely. Freddie's, no. Freddie's yeah, he would be great there. He'd Max be Fred. great with Devin Booker. Yeah. Yeah. 40, 40 he point, actually, 40 that would be a phenomenal team. That actually yeah. would be a nine, nine threes a game. You know, I really hope Brooklyn is not like 10 million for Fred. Because he's restricted so we can match. Orlando Magic. That's that's my, other dumping ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, my biggest fear is that someone is just like this. Fred is twenty three years old. Sorry, I interrupted with the Fred thing. No, um, <laughs> I don't want to lose him. After no, I don't want to lose him either. But I, I, I do. I do think truth comes out. <laughs> truth comes out. I don't want to lose Fred. 
in, in today's NBA, um, the only way you're going to beat LeBron is if you go out and get a superstar. And that's the model. You know, Houston did it. They yeah. went out and got Chris Paul. And if you don't go out and get a guy that can get you close to a triple-double or is like a dunking machine or is a three-point assassin. Giannis, baby. Giannis is Towns. what we need. Get- the Giannis and Towns are the, are the people where it's like, you know, maybe, potentially, hopefully something might go wrong. All the other people who are superstars, I'm like, nah. Well, like, imagine what the Raptors would be uh, if you pair Lowry and DeRozan with Giannis and Towns. Like, what kind of conversation are we having then? I think MLSE <laughs> is like, no. Yeah. Because like, of, uh, you know, that that's happen. a billion dollar salary. But like, uh, that would be cool. But you know what I mean? That, <laughs> I, that is yeah. the biggest understatement. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, that'd we need... That would be pretty okay. cool. That would be pretty in, keen, in, guys. In, my, in my mind, we need those superstars for if we're going to beat LeBron, if we're going to beat Houston, or if we're going to beat Golden State. And that's, I agree. I, I really do. Yeah, superstars win. Yeah. Um, okay, the last question. I think we kind of covered. Oh, wait, you, I didn't answer. Oh, I'm sorry now. Jeez, Hit me up. Oh, wow. It's because you've been going last every time. I know. You and know what? And I keep rhythm. mixing up the order, which is bad it's, for my brain. You're the Dwayne Casey of this. Yeah. <laughs> you can't <laughs> go out of order. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. the wow. then it's, you just get yeah. confused. And Big suits, all that stuff. Uh, I'm bored. I'm bored out of my mind. Uh, yeah? I, but I don't see any solution for it. Like, there's no, there's nothing you can do to, to fix it. Right. But I'm so, I hate coming into October and knowing who's going to be in the finals, it's like, why are we fucking here? Right. Wait, can we cross these buckets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but for, yeah, no, like, for, no, this is what I wanted to hear because the I, foregone I, conclusion pisses off a lot of fans. Yeah, and, I and, it's, and it's, and I don't have, I don't have a solution, right? Because I was like, oh, well, sometimes, you know, a team can beat a super team with passing, but I'm like, yeah, San Antonio was pretty stacked when they did that. Like, they weren't, they had oh, a few man, Hall of totally. Famers. It wasn't, yeah. you know, it wasn't the JV team. So it's like even okay, Dallas I'm and Detroit, like, like the outlier championships, are like look at those teams. Yeah, they're so good. I'm not gonna. I don't think I'm gonna. I'm, I mean, I'm going on vacation next week. So the one perk of this is like, oh, I don't have to watch any of these games because I think it's gonna be the Dubs in what five, six, maybe. Yeah. That, I think LeBron is gonna physically die in game one or two. <laughs> he Remember does, at he the end of so tired. after game seven, they're interviewing the team and he's lying down. He's lying down. Did he down. have ice all over him too? I don't yeah. know. Probably. <laughs> oh, he, but yeah. he was Tons physically lying down, and then he's like, "Oh wait, I got to answer." Like I think he literally said, "I got to answer more questions," and he stood up. He couldn't stand up after the game, guys. He's like, "I have to nap right now." He's not taking on the Warriors. But no. that's if he. But if he beats the Warriors, if he, we're, we're talking Warriors. about him being maybe the greatest player. Oh, for time. sure. I think he's already in that conversation for me because if you look at what he's done with what okay. he's had, yeah. what I'm, he had, like especially I'm, this year. Especially yeah, that was. This is crazy. Yeah. This is crazy. I'm glad the goat conversation's coming up. Just <laughs> check this out. I think I figured it out. Okay. So, MJ, LeBron. There's so many difficult things to compare. You know, people right. usually throw out the MJ uh, six finals, six finals MVPs, to which I kind of feel like, well, what about the other seven years he didn't make the finals? That to me is an indictment on, on his play. It's not like a thing that's like, it's not good when you don't make the finals. Sure. Um, but I also think, you know, like the, it's really hard to compare them. So I've kind of like just separated them. And it might be a bit of a cop-out answer, but check this out. <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. He's the radio goat. MJ, he's the TV goat. LeBron, <laughs> he's the internet goat. I don't know. All right. Chamberlain and Bill Russell are just like the fathers of like offense and the defense. Morris are, code. Are they the, yeah, the, they're the more, yeah, they're the, 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 the telegram goats. Yeah, they're the telegram goats. 
No, because I find there's so many rule changes. It's like so hard yeah, to. Because like yeah. even if you're ever, people are like, oh, what what would it be like if MJ played now? It's like, I mean, he's so competitive. He'd probably be doping. You know what I mean? He'd be he would do whatever he needed to do to win. He would like he'd probably be six nine instead of six six. You know what I mean? He'd figure it out. Like MJ was <laughs> he would figure out three. You know what I mean? Life. Like why not? And if he transplanted LeBron to like that era, it'd be like a Carl Malone running around who has all the same skills as MJ. So it's but like I, I think I, think that I disagree like? with that. Just because I'll just say I'll just chime in really quick. I would just say that LeBron James is passing more than MJ ever passed, mm-hmm. Carl Malone ever passed. Like, like LeBron is basically Magic Bird, like combined. Right. You know? Yeah. But he got that's, to study those players. That's that's well. I mean, he's yeah. The, but he's I mean, the evolution what are you gonna, of those. Right. Fair just like Kobe not, is, is Jordan's evolution. Like LeBron is just the evolution of the game. Yeah, that's why I think you can't you can't really yeah. compare them. Yeah. I, I guess that, it is a cop out, but I, I don't. Come on, you, how can radio you? goat? I, yeah. But I, I mean, yeah, you were really oh like God. you really worked no, on that. You know what? Right. I might just <laughs> I might just let this goat that thing die. I was riding my bike. I thought this was cool. Okay, goat. I, I would say I would say I think I think if you took LeBron and put him in Jordan's era, he would do better than if you took Jordan and put him in present day era because Jordan would be like, whoa, these yeah. guys covering me are a bit taller than what I'm used to. I think that would make a bit of a difference. Yeah, and it's also they don't like, like as far as rule changes, basically you couldn't just abandon your defender. So they, you couldn't double team Jordan the way that everyone's double team nowadays because right. the defense is, there's no like rules on that. So you can double and triple team LeBron if you see fit. And I think I, I think yeah. LeBron's big enough to survive the lack of flagrant foul calls. Like when did they introduce the flagrant foul I don't know. And I know that hand checking was 2002, which is right. big, which, which is, is like why, why Harden yeah. exists now. Yeah, yeah. And Curry um, and like a few of those the dribbler guys where yeah. they're like. But LeBron is just a tank. Like yeah. You look at him physically. He could. Like yeah. he would dominate the the Morris Code era, the radio yeah. era. Sure. Like not to, not to. If he ran it, through a wall like the Kool-Aid guy, do you, like what would he say <laughs> after he came through the wall? You want a Sprite? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Same thing? <laughs> He'd say, wait, is that what the. You want a Sprite? Want you want to spray, right? right yeah. Wait, does the Kool Aid guy say "ooh yeah"? I just made that up. Oh. I think he does. Yeah, he does. In my mind, so that's what he says. In his mind, that's what he says. Because it was the seventies, and that yeah. was cool. <laughs> okay, you know what? This is this is kind of blending perfectly. Um, <laughs> because uh, we're 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 gonna move on to the Raptor, uh, or not the Raptor, the rapid fire question period. Ooh. Matt, can you can you play me something? Whatever you got there. There you go. This is kind of rapid fiery. Yeah, man. Um, I'm playing quicker already. Okay, we actually got a uh, ton of questions for this one. So uh, I'm going to do this a little bit differently than what we've done it. Um, here's the rule. Don't overthink it. Just give me the first thing that comes to your head. If it's dumb, that's even better. I'm not going to ask everyone the same question. Uh, okay. We have so many questions that everyone's going to be getting different questions. Um, uh-huh. Katie, I'm going to start with you, right. and we'll just work our way around. Okay, so you, you get the first one. Uh, this is from Jess. What is the dream trade scenario for the offseason for the Raptors? Oh, we keep Fred. Keep Fred. Okay, <laughs> beautiful. I love it. All right. Um, Niles is coming from Frank. What's Thanks, a- Frank. Oh, this is perfect for you, actually. What's a suitable show that's on the same night as the NBA Finals? I want to weigh my options. <laughs> uh, Netflix, man. Just, just straight up Netflix. Just all right? the shows. Yeah, okay, just perfect. all the shows. Um, oh, you, you got to correct from Matt. Jack Netflix Mark. has a lot of shows, apparently. Uh, I've heard okay. it does have a lot of shows. You all correct. Uh, yes. Uh, ben, this is coming from Matt. Um, what is the top current day NBA player 
Um, or sorry, who would place first in a decathlon out of, a, out of the current Ooh. day NBA players? A decathlon. Remind me what That's that like is. all 10, ten things. All right? 10 things? Yeah, all, ten in events. the Olympics, right? You're doing yeah, 10 yeah, events? Javelin sprints. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Donut wrestling. one bite. There's a bunch something. of stuff there. Wow, it's Le- it's, Le- it's LeBron James. LeBron like, James. On a LeBron, horse? I don't know. LeBron can ride a horse. He can yeah? swim. LeBron would carry he, the horse. Yeah, yeah. he would or literally he would put like the horse on his back. Horse. No Siakam there. Siakam's a close tenth, but he's a close tenth. Okay, fair enough. Um, all right. Um, we got a lot of questions for Matt. Uh, Cade, we're coming at you with another Matt question. Um, no. <laughs> you know what? Matt, you want to be, you, you got a mic, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't you fire that, uh, who wants to be a millionaire music backup and, uh, we're coming, we're coming to you with this one, oh. Matt, this is a question from Matt. If Westbrook joined the Warriors, would he make them, uh, would he make the team better? Or worse. Worse. Okay. Wow. All right, yeah. Katie, uh, you got a question from Steve. Would we have been better off to keep Damari Carroll and still have a draft pick? Oh, that was yours, no. man. That was yours. No, no. I agree. Um, now, another yes. question from Matt. Um, what would the finals three-point shooting percentage be if everyone had fingernails like this guy? And he attached the pick of the guy with the longest fingernails in the world. <laughs> so what's the percentage if everyone had Guinness Book Record-style fingernails. You're getting the best uh, question. I really am. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? I can't. I'd have to see the shoulders. Like I'd have to see his, his triceps. What kind of? What's, what's he working with? Musculature. Here, it's, I'm, not I'm, I'm, fing, it's not the. It's not the. I'm going to show you the. This is what we got. I suppose Reggie Miller is super Edward skinny. Edward Scissorhands. You know what? Um, Can anyone hit a three with those fingernails? Basically. Could you palm a basketball with those fingernails? <laughs> I, I mean, maybe. You know what? I don't. I don't know. Twenty. Twenty percent. Hey, that's not that bad. I'm going to say yeah, because um, I can assume they would break. As soon as you get a pass. Right. Or even rip the ball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Ben, this one's coming from you. These weird uh, mushroom questions. Uh, another one from Matt. What Simpsons character would also be the best NBA player? Also, which NBA player should be, uh, would be the best character in the Simpsons arcade game? Ooh, Just that's, the that's arcade a great question. Game. Yeah. It's very, very specific. specific. Um, I think Sideshow Bob would be the best because of his his big feet. I think he can he he's tall. He's tall. Yeah. I think his hair itself could dunk. Um, wow. So I would I, okay. I think his hair could actually dunk two balls. And which NBA player would be the best in the Simpsons arcade game? Um, probably like Russell Westbrook. Like just he's just so animated. He's such a character. that's a good choice. Nice. Yeah, I could yeah. see him. I don't know if this happens in the Simpsons arcade game, but I could see him like wielding a sledgehammer, like some evil villain or something. Yeah, uh, like a boss that you have to take down. Russell Russell Westbrook. Um. Okay. Another one from Matt, Katie. I'm sure you can tell how these questions are framed. They're all pretty dumb. Oh, wait, sorry. I'm skipping out of Matt again. Matt, another question from Matt. Um, Which finals participant would be the best spokesperson for Arby's? (laughs) (laughs) Jose Calderon or Nick Young. What are you thinking? um, Wow, Nick Young. That sounds good. Marco Um, Bellinelli. Yeah, I would like, I I think, uh, (laughs) I'm going to go Nick Young. Nick Young for Arby's? Yeah. Okay. Swaggy P. All right. Okay. Katie, another Olympic Street. question. Another question from Matt. Um, <laughs> how many Draymond Greens would it take to beat a shark in a fight if they were in an Olympic-sized swimming pool? Also, I did a bit of a follow-up here. The shark is in kill mode. What kind of shark? Um, lemon shark. Oh. No, let's go gray white. Okay. Let's go gray white. It's a gray white shark. How many Draymonds do you need in the pool? To take that shark down, and like, this shark's ready to kill. How big's the pool? Olympic size. Olympic size. Okay. So it could swim. Uh, three. One to trip the shark. Oh! 
And then the rest of just, uh, just uh, uh, I'd rather just to just kick the kick shark in the face. I would have said, it's unanswerable because I think he would just get thrown out within the first three minutes of the competition. You just get trained up for trying to kick the shark in the face. Yeah, yeah. Draymond would be like, this is bullshit. And then they would just kick him out. Yeah, he'd get teed out. My answer would be like, it'd be like, you need so many people in that pool that basically all the water just leaves. Right. And then the shark, they just kind of like, it's like a busy, like, it's like Sarstock. You know what I mean? Like, they just like lift the shark up and Throw them out. Um, okay, now you got this one's coming for you. Um, I think it's shark related. Uh, no, it's pretty dumb though. Another one from Matt. If every player in the final shrunk a foot and a half, except for Kendrick Perkins, would Kendrick Perkins still be the worst player in the final? <laughs> Correct, Amanda. Okay, yes, that's an easy would. one. Um, okay, that's too long. Uh, all right, uh, a couple more here. Um, I can't believe Kendrick Perkins is still in the league. <laughs> uh, he's there. Yeah, he almost beat up Drake. Um, okay, Ben. Right. We, we got one coming from Tristan. Um, what other careers can Ryan Anderson pursue? I think he'd be a great curler. Sure. Um, I think fencing would be up his alley. Um, I feel like he'd be a great singer. You know, I just feel like he can sing. Really? Um, Have I don't you heard know. him sing or you just like, it's a vibe? I just got this vibe, you know, with the Cheers. mustache and, you know, I think he would be great at like flipping burgers. Um, I think, is it me? Does he, he looks like he could run the shit out of a call center. <laughs> oh my God. He's so tall. He would, he would yeah. drop threes on that call. Yeah, he'd see all over all the You'd be dropping bombs yeah. on every call. He just has that Yes. Line. I look at him. Oh, like, that's yeah. the answer. I was going to say international hacker, but. Um, no, for, that is just as sexy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a cool. You know, because yours is better. Because call center, you could see what's going on. Maybe a chef. He cooks um, up. Okay, okay, Matt. Last question from Tristan. Mm-hmm. Um, if you uh, if you were on a deserted island, mm-hmm. what starting five would you bring to help you off of it? To get off the island, that's I'll right. Pick the shark. You know what? There's five of us. Let's yeah. each, let's each pick someone. Yeah. So who's one person you'd have uh, to help you get off of us? This isn't to chill with, right? Yeah. This is to build a raft. This is to but you know whatever. NBA players. NBA players help to help you get off. Of uh, can we do ex- NBA uh, players? Sure. Let's do. Or no, is it to say current? <laughs> no. That's not the parameters of right, this question. Right. Wow. I'm you know what? what? It doesn't say current. So you, you can. It doesn't say current. Okay. Well, um, what are you thinking, Matt? Who? who number can, one. Number one. Bruno Caboclo. <laughs> wow. if, we, if we have to kill him, uh, we can use his arms as oars for the ship we make. Wow. That's, that's super disgusting. grim. That well, because he's got... <laughs> no, no, shame <laughs> on you. He's got the longest no, arms in the league. We've all been kidding around. Yeah. That's a bit much. You want to murder Shame Bruno on you Caboclo. for that. You wrote that before, didn't you? Honestly, <laughs> honestly I'm going to recreate the whole Game of Thrones shame scene. And it's going to be me and you walking around Kensington. Um, Katie... Uh, uh, Bruno Caboclo, don't worry about his health. Dismembered um, Bruno Caboclo that we have so far. It, it sounds like a bit of a Lord of the Flies scenario, so we might even kill Matt. You know what I mean? Um, Katie, who's who's number two on the roster to get us off the island? Carmelo Anthony because he's chill. Okay. And he probably has access to the banana boat. Wow. Oh, that is a nice sneaky smart. pick. I was wondering smart, where you're smart, going smart. with that. Um now, who's, uh, who's number uh, three? Uh, I would also pick a banana boat player, but not because of any banana boat. I just think Chris Paul. Chris Paul would just keep us motivated. Yeah, he'd know like a he secret entrance. Off that goddamn island, and it's happening. But I, don't you feel like he would get a bit like trying on your nerves? Like he'd get a bit. Yeah, no, but that would make us want to get off the Chris, island even more. What if Chris Paul would but be then like? At the end of the day, we could just <laughs> kill him. Like we're gonna kill him. No, Chris Paul would be like uh, Ben in Lost. 
Like yeah. he like he'd show really? up and be like, "You were on the island," and he'd be like, "Yeah, there's a whole different part of it too." <laughs> okay, you know what I mean, and he'd be like, "Oh, just, where?" And he'd be like, "Come with me, just to you." I think he was stuff I like that. Okay, maybe I don't know. I just think he could be the motor. He's the leader, okay. like the metaphorical the motor. Um, do you guys remember the original junkyard dog, Jerome Williams? Of course I yes. do. JYD. Um, he oh. played with Vince Carter. Yeah, he makes oh things happen. Oh my God, that is a great pick. So, we could just tie a raft to him and he'd yeah. swim, right? Oh yeah. I used to model my game around him. Okay. I, you know, maybe that's not a good thing. But <laughs> yeah. uh, he was just such a go-getter. He was a hustler. Sure. That I, I really do yeah. think, yeah, we would yeah, literally yeah. just build a raft on Jerome Williams yeah. and he would swim us to shore. And he'd apologize wow. for taking so long. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm really sorry it's taking so long, guys. It's my best time. Wow. <laughs> Let me try Try it again. Let's go back to the last. The last pick for me is a bit of a pressured one. I'm going to go George Mirasan. Uh, one of the tallest players to ever be in the NBA. No, no, I, I, no. Here's the deal. He's got a pretty good rap. He might come with someone else, and that person might be Billy Crystal, and Billy Crystal might be a natural sacrifice for the island. We're murdering so, so yeah. or like what? I don't know. You know what I mean? We'll offer Billy Crystal. Why is Billy Crystal there? Because uh, of the basketball they, they made that movie together. What was that movie? George City Me- Slickers. So, yeah, yeah. George Beerson. Oh, yeah. He's in City Slickers. I think he got second billing on that, right? Um... Okay, yeah. So, you know what? We really we really went for it on that weird question. But uh, I think that's it for the uh, pod. Um, Katie, do you got anything coming up? Uh, I'm sure you do. Um, yeah, what should people I'm check out? really excited to announce, as everyone knows or should know, now that the regular season and postseason is ending, what mm-hmm. does that mean? NBA players going on vacation. Right. What does that mean? That means the return your Instagram. Of, no. no. The return of NBA Summer Vacation Watch. Yeah. Beautiful. Sorry, I don't know why I said Instagram. I mean, it's a column based on stalking the Instagram yeah. of NBA players, so that's fair. Fair. But everyone should check this out. It's hilarious. It's insightful. You learn a lot about NBA players. Nice. And you also see a lot of beautiful pictures. Yeah, everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah, has really good pictures. They go to for nice, the most part. nice places. But I rate them, so yeah, Huge. it's a lot of fun. And is that coming out on Raptors Republic? Or... No, it'll probably be on Vice Sports. Okay, yeah. cool. So Hello. make sure you check that out. Make sure you uh, follow it's, Katie on it's Twitter as well. It's not just Raptors. Whoa, hey. that's huge. Oh, um, now, what's up with you? You got what do you got going on? I'm gonna be reading this vacation watch, basically. Vacation. Okay, I'm gonna be on vacation. <laughs> so is it like a Twitch scenario? We're watching yeah. you reading this. Sure, obviously. <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> huge numbers, guys. Huge. Okay, there you go. Oh uh, no, I don't, have, I don't have anything. To plug, I should. I really didn't plan this well. I guess. <laughs> hey, I didn't plan this well. I never do, so don't worry about it. Um, ben, what do you got going on? Uh, well, you can catch uh, Raptors Fan TV. Uh, personally, I just did a film called Norman uh, that I'm looking to distribute. Cool. Um, it's a dark comedy thriller about a struggling comedian that reinvents himself. Wow. It's a coming-of-age story. That's um, cool. So we're looking to get that up and running and uh, also... Uh, so if you're a big-wig Hollywood exec and you're listening to this podcast, like you do every two weeks... Still listening. You're still listening. Right. Still listening. Yeah, you get that call. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Raptors Fan TV, we're hoping... We're hoping to be back next year. Um, the Raptors were broken by LeBron, and maybe that broke our production team. But we're gonna hopefully, uh, wow, hopefully get get out and uh, and give give more uh, more interviews. And uh, you know, I hope to hope to be back here. Yeah, man. You know who I heard is a, uh, uh, distributes films is uh, Bruno Caboclo, but I don't think he's listening anymore. Oh, <laughs> oh. dead. Yeah, we, isn't we that, did, isn't, that Brazil, isn't that the Brazilian Durant? <laughs> oh yes. Oh yeah, that's who that is. Um, I just I, also like to throw a little breaking news out sure. there. If you were looking forward to season two of Roseanne, 
That's not happening anymore. It just got canceled because she was super racist on Twitter during this recording. Oh, oh wow! Super okay. racist. So you, ch- so you know what? You, you might have been trying to escape real life by listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? You can't. can't. Real life follows it you. It will find you. <laughs> it will um, find so you. Enjoy Twitter. It's blowing up. So you know what? I usually don't plug anything because this is my go. podcast. Obviously, should we get a drum roll? But uh, yeah, can we, we, what, what do you got? Can we, should we manufacture a drum roll or we can put it? Oh, here oh, we there go. it is. You got that one. Was quick. That, that was, was quick. Fast. He's been waiting for this um, moment. All right. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, it's not quite ready yet, but me and uh, my friend Catherine Niker, we're going to work on a petition for the WNBA. We want to bring it to Toronto. Ooh, um, we nice. think it's really important. That so is. if you listen to this podcast um, and you love basketball and you want the WNBA to come to Toronto, uh, we're going to try and make a fan push. Um, so you can uh, DM me personally. Uh, if you have any ideas, we're going to need as many people as possible to share this out once. Uh, you know, we're going to try and make a Twitter hashtag. Uh, Katie's offered to uh, help uh, edit with some of our writing, so we're definitely going to send that along to her. But uh, yeah, something we're really excited about. Uh, it's really important and it's amazing. And uh, you know, uh, Toronto should have a WNBA team. So uh, stay tuned for that. We'll keep you in the loop. And uh, thanks, everyone, for doing this podcast. Yeah, I love you all. Nice. All right. Thanks and for having me. They can DM you where? On Twitter? Uh, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, the, con- the Confederacy of Dunks podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my email. Uh, it's all basically <laughs> just my name. You know what I mean? If you want to get a hold of me, it's just my name. See you later. I like that you don't put, you don't put it on a specific address. Make it work for it a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Confederacy of Dunks. We are on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We are on iTunes. Give us a rating, and we'll see you in the next episode.